for the next 20 minutes, virtually everyone responds in the group to all. Thanks. Got it. Thanks. Okay. Made the change. Sounds good. (laughs) See you next week. Stop. (laughs) Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. It's about 11 minutes after 5 on this Thursday morning. If you're up with us at this early hour, I imagine that's probably typically part of your routine. It means you probably go to bed a little bit more on the early side. Is yeah, that a likely, fair assessment, right? Sure, right? sure, for those who get up early to work or do whatnot. So do you put your phone on Do Not Disturb when you go to bed? I do not. I, I have it up and running. And we can't, right? Right. Because we have the kind of work, and maybe you have this as well, like where it's, it's not... an it's entirely likely that we could get woken up at night sure. with something that actually is urgent. Yeah, potentially something that's earth-shattering right. or news-breaking. And, hey, get in early. Hey, heads up. Hey, FYI, someone's sick. Any of that kind of stuff. Also, I have that fear that I won't wake up. Mm-hmm. The alarm. I got three <laughs> alarms set on three different devices. But just in case, you know, what if Eric, you know, it's it's 410 and Eric is like, where's Vinny? Yeah, sure. So then you need I to be able call to call him. Right. Can't yeah. have it on Do Not Disturb. But because of that, then the text thing is still operational. And I have my text on silent but vibrate mode. Mm, me too. So when that thing goes off in the night, it's... Are you immediately waking up yes. to that? Every time. I'm late for work. Ah. So what drives me nuts is the group text where there's 15 people on it. A guy the other day changed oh, his phone man. number. Texts a group. I think it's maybe one of the tennis groups I'm in. You know, we're in this league and you need to make sure everybody's connected. Hey, guys, got a new phone number. Okay, great. For the next 20 minutes, virtually everyone responds in the group to all. (laughs) Thanks. Got it. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) Made the change. Sounds good. (laughs) See you next week. Stop. (laughs) Just change the number. Nobody needs to know you got it. It doesn't need to be a reply. I mean, don't they even say that? Don't the email people even say, like, you don't need to reply back thanks? So that also applies to to the the texting. That and... You know, the, the late night text. I got Cass texting me about pickleball at 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> Come on, Cass, when do you think I go to bed? Oh, man, I'm going to Mark Cass, our one. partner over at the Milwaukee Business Journal. I'm going to schedule a text now for you to send you something at midnight. Schedule it? I'm just going to send you a picture. Why would you do that? It's only make you miserable. <laughs> it's 513 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Following a tough road trip, the Milwaukee Brewers returned home this week and took down the defending World Series champs two out of three games on Wednesday afternoon. That continued. The Brewers pitching another shutout and got some help on the offensive side from the Wisconsin native at the plate. One and two, still on Miller, the pitch. Swing and a fly ball out to center. Back Myers, still back, warning track and gone again for Old Miller. A solo homer for the Fredonia native. 3-0 Brewers. Jeff Levering on the call right here on WTMJ as Miller and company beat Houston by a final score of 4-0 to secure their 27th win of the season. Adrian Hauser got the start, and he was magnificent, tossing five and one-third scoreless innings for his first victory of the season. The Brewers are now winners of three of their last four and will look to continue their winning ways as they get ready to host the San Francisco Giants for a four-game series that begins tonight at American Family Field. That first pitch is set for 640. 
Over to the NFL, where in Green Bay, OTAs continue on today, and all eyes will continue to focus on Jordan Love, the first-year starter, showing his head coach, Matt LaFleur, that so far he has all the intangibles to help lead this team heading into 2023. I just think the way he's matured as, uh, as, a, as a man, um, you know, the, the control that he has within the room, out on the field, um, I think that he maximized his opportunities these last couple of years in terms of just learning from one of the greatest to ever play this game. OTA, OTAs will wrap up today in Green Bay and resume again on May 30th. On the ice, the Florida Panthers clinched their berth in the Stanley Cup Finals with a win and a sweep of the Carolina Hurricanes. This one by a final score of 4-3. to three. And the Admirals, they will begin their best-of-seven Western Conference Finals in the Calder Cup Playoff Series tonight in Palm Springs. The puck will drop between Milwaukee and Coachella Valley at 9 p.m. Coming up, we like some of them more than others, but we don't like any of them very much. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis officially declaring his candidacy for U.S. President in a rollout on Twitter. How'd that go, Eric? Oh, it's fantastic. Pretty good? (laughs) (laughs) There's 382,000 people on. All right, great. So let's see. Everything's keep crashing, huh? That's them just talking amongst each other. Elon Musk and DeSantis and others. It's... um, so it was straining somewhat. Yep, it's straining a little bit. So this is what you heard for a bit. <laughs> You're on hold music. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so they your had candidate some launch. Your candidate launch is important to us. <laughs> Please remain on the line. You are seventeenth in line. So yeah, a lot of a lot of stops and starts there for <laughs> a bit. But they did get going eventually, and he did announce that he is running. Running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. So it did work out. They had quite a few people on that site, which is what they wanted, of course, to get people on that Twitter Spaces site, which I am a little surprised that they had so many problems, though, to start for several minutes, not like for a minute, because you knew this was coming. Like You knew this was going to happen. He didn't just show up and be like, hey, let's go yeah. live on Twitter. Yeah, no, like, yes, we've been talking about this for days. Everyone was anticipating it. So to have that go down was a little odd. Then there's Trey Gowdy on Fox News later who got an interview with the governor. I can't promise you that I won't crash, but Fox News will not crash during this interview. Governor DeSantis, if you broke Twitter, my daughter and the Kardashians are going to be very upset with you. I I don't know if that's what (laughs) happened. Thank you. Good night, everybody. (laughs) That's good leading. Right. So all things that end well, I guess. It worked out for him at the end. But, yeah, struggled out of the gates there to get going. So DeSantis in. And here's the takeaway this morning for the Marquette University Law School poll. Nationwide survey just out today. It examines the race for president. We like some of these candidates more than others, but we don't like any of them very much. The unfavorable ratings for some of the major contenders here, not real good. I'll share with you a few other takeaways. Head-to-head nationally, President Joe Biden versus the two leading Republican candidates. This is a survey among registered voters. Asked if you had to pick either President Biden or former President Trump. Trump at 52% versus Biden's 47%, and that's outside the margin of error of just about 4%. 
Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, who just officially announced, as we said, head-to-head with President Biden, leading that poll 52 to 48%, so right on the margin of error. And this is just some of the troubling news for President Biden, whose best case for re-election so far has been, yes, but I can beat Trump. That's been the, okay, we know, we know Democrats aren't real excited about their sitting president, but he can beat Trump, but he can beat Trump, but mm-hmm. he can beat Trump. And he's upside down, at least head to head with Trump in this poll. It's a pretty small sample size, uh, fewer than a thousand voters, nationwide surveys. So this really doesn't account also for the state by state electoral math. Remember, when we get into the presidential election, you got to win states. So it does you no good to rack up if you're on the Democratic side to wrap up huge margins in New York state or in California and the same thing for Republicans in traditional Republican tr- strongholds. Doesn't matter. You win the state, and then you move on. That's why Wisconsin is always at play right. and always so important. So all that said, though, let's look at independent voters here specifically. So these are the swing voters who will turn this election one way or another, assuming the Dems ultimately vote for their nominee and the Republicans vote for theirs. So your hardcores, all right, I like this person, I don't like this person, but whatever, that's our nominee. I'm going to get behind that person. And then you have that that group of people in Wisconsin and across America who kind of swing back and forth. I, I don't vote for party. I vote for the candidate. And they'll, they'll turn the election. Unfavorable ratings for President Biden among independents. 66%. Two-thirds of independent voters have an unfavorable view of President Biden. One caveat there, there's, there are favorable, unfavorable, and don't know enough. So those were your options okay. when asked about President Biden. You view him favorably, unfavorably, or you don't know enough. Among independents, when asked about President Biden, 12% said they don't know enough. What, what, what do you need to see? He's the president. Been president for two years yeah. and was in Congress for 638 years wow. before that. Like, wow. he's been around. Yes. This guy ain't new. I don't know. This, this Biden, I got to learn a little bit more about. What do, you, what do you need to see? I don't know if I like the cut of his jib or not. So. Yeah, right, exactly. it's cut right. of his jib? Yeah. I love it. Who uses that now? Eric. Independence. Yes. Uh, let me see. Worse for former President Trump, his unfavorables among independents. Now, he's popular among Republicans still, but among independents, 73% unfavorable rating. Governor DeSantis does best here with a 44% unfavorable rating, though his don't know enough rating is also highest at 37%. That's fair, at least for him. Unless you're super plugged into politics, probably don't know a lot about Governor DeSantis at this point. Again, he just fish- officially declared yesterday. So I'll give you some room there. Republican race stacks up this way. So this is among Republican registered voters. Nationwide survey, Marquette University Law School poll just out today. 46% of Republican voters would choose Trump as their nominee. DeSantis next at 25%. And former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley at 5%. The others all just sort of also rans below 5%. That's amazing to me. And here's something else, Eric, that's going to maybe it'll surprise you not. Head to head, it's Trump 52 to 48 over DeSantis. So asked to pick between the two Republican voters, choose Trump over DeSantis 52 48. Interesting to note that number in November, Marquette University Law School poll just seven months ago, DeSantis over Trump 60 40 among Republicans. So what do you think that's all about? Ads? I mean, Trump's been in the news a lot. I know he does have a lot of anti DeSantis ads running. Lots happened in the last seven months, right? Maybe some, you know, pushback against the legal entanglements for former President Trump that so, he uses to his advantage. I was going to say, so you push back, and that makes you maybe more, more popular to, for 
re-election? More to know about DeSantis? We'll see. That's your Marquette University Law School poll just out this morning. Special week continues here at WTMJ. Steve's Caffiti salute to service each day featuring another local hero, a nurse, a police officer, firefighter, or a first responder. There are heroes every day in what they do, but some have the opportunity and the courage to really distinguish themselves. Firefighter and paramedic Amanda Bates has taken her role of first responder to another level as an educator and a mentor, training others to be lifesavers when paramedics aren't around. Here's her story. I'm Annie Schwartz. I'm a public safety communications consultant and an author, and I nominated Amanda Bates because she is so many more things than just her title, which is firefighter paramedic. My name is Amanda Bates. I'm a paramedic firefighter, EMD, community paramedic, trainer for resiliency programs through the Center for Suicide Awareness. I'm the former state TCPR bystander, a CPR educator for the state of Wisconsin. Amanda was the first person that came to mind when we were talking about nominating people from police, fire, and EMS. And when I hear EMS in the state of Wisconsin, I always think of Amanda because I think of all the work that she's done for the profession. We're trained for muscle memory to act, to recognize symptoms. We have uh, algorithms and protocols that we follow. We're also taught to treat the patient and not the monitor, which I think is really important. Uh, For me, I like to take in the whole situation, treating the patient with uh, care and due diligence, but also keeping mindful of the folks around the patient as well. Um, What we do inside of these homes can make a really big difference to the folks around them. Amanda has been instrumental in making sure that when people call 911, the person on the other end of the phone knows what to do to save a life on that other end of the phone. She also works to make the profession better for the people that respond in person when there's an emergency. I'm very proud of the work that I've done throughout my career and that I get to come into people's homes and into people's lives and, and help them when they need it the most. She's working to remove the stigma behind asking for help when you work in the emergency medical services. Firefighter line of duty deaths and EMT line of duty deaths are bigger than anybody knows. She's creating awareness about that. But she is a person who doesn't think, what am I going to get out of this? She is absolutely someone who says, let's make the profession better. I take great pride in in being trusted to give that care, to have another parent hand over their child to me, says something to be, I don't need to be told thank you, but just to be there and to provide that kind of uh settlingness for the family members. And we can be like the most stressful event of their lives. I take that to heart. It's so hard to pick just one word to describe Amanda because of all of the things that she's doing for the, for the profession. But I guess I think of her as an EMS hero, not someone who did one thing, but someone who is doing something every day to make that profession better. What does salute to service mean to you? Anyone who does this job will tell you this is the best job on earth, and it really truly is, because when you're doing this job, there's a part of you that heals along with it. There's a lot of us who come from a trauma background or childhood trauma, a parent who's sick, a grandparent, loss of some sort. We come into this field and we're trying to heal a part of ourselves as well. So we don't need the recognition, I feel like, to do this. I'm very fortunate to have worked with amazing individuals from Summers Fire Department and City of Burlington and have been mentored by some of, I think, the best in the field. And they'll tell you why they do this. They do it because they love it. Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service, presented by Educators Credit Union and the Packing House Restaurant. If you love that story, you want to hear it again, or you want to share it with someone in your life, text the word HERO to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, HERO to 855-616-1620. 
855-616-1620. Text the word HERO, and we'll send that story out to you. 544, Brandon Snide has sports. Coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Packers will have a new look heading into 2023. Green Bay will be led by a new starting quarterback for the first time since 2008. But if you ask running back Aaron Jones, expectations don't change, and the thought of a rebuild isn't something he or the team is willing to buy. No, nah, not at all. We got everything we need here. If you think we're in a rebuild and you got the wrong team, it's the wrong place. Uh, you know, so we're here to play ball. We, we got everything we need. Like I said, our defense is going to be ready to ball. We're going to be ready to ball. Special team is going to be ready to ball. So uh, we know it's going to take all 11. We're going to have to depend on each other in all phases. But uh, we're just we're, we're hungry. You know, we're, we're ready to prove a lot of people wrong. We know what people are saying. So but everybody has an opinion and most of them stink. So the Packers will wrap up their first block of OTAs later today and they will resume again on May 30th. Over to the Diamond as Adrian Hauser allowed only two hits in just over five scoreless innings, and the Brewers homered three times in a 4-0 victory over the Houston Astros on Wednesday afternoon. Now Houston, blessed with starting pitching. Anderson checks on right, Tucker back, gone again. Brian Anderson goes the other way, it's 4-0. Jeff Levering on the call right here on WTMJ as Anderson knocked in his eighth homer of the season. And with the win, the National League Central leading Brewers improved to 27-22 and 22 on the season. Next up for the crew, the San Francisco Giants come to town for a four-game set that will begin tonight. First pitch is set for 640. On the ice, the Florida Panthers clinched their berth in the Stanley Cup Finals with a win and a sweep of the Carolina Hurricanes. This one by a final score of 4-3. to three. The Admirals will begin their best-of-seven Western Conference Finals in the Calder Cup Playoff Series tonight in Palm Springs. The puck will drop between Milwaukee and Coachella Valley at 9 p.m. Coming up, not just physical health, but mental health on the football field. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. As the Green Bay Packers are on the practice field once again this week, certainly the focus is on you know being in shape, being physically fit to play professional sports. But more professional athletes these days are starting to speak out about mental health and how it affects them as pros and as people. Here's WTMJ's Tony Cartagena. Mental fitness, I feel like it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, because at some point you're going to lose your physical, but mental is something that you continue to build. Jerseys, uniforms, cities, divisional rivals, none of that matters off the field. Green Bay Packers running back Patrick Taylor joined a panel discussion with Valorant Health. They're an organization dedicated to bringing mental health resources to underserved communities. On that same panel, Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert. The two discuss what they do as professional athletes to make sure their mental health is in check at all times, including meditating and journaling. I do feel like sometimes we do meditate unconsciously, where we take a time to uh, sit down and take a deep breath or, you know, take a take time to have gratitude and things like that. I don't think uh, meditation is just something that you're just sitting in silence, right, where you're just breathing for like. 20 minutes, right? Uh, I think meditation could also be, you know, taking 30 seconds of, you know, a a deep breath, right? Um, And and being mindful. Taylor started his process while benched due to injury his senior year at Memphis. I got hurt 
uh, first game of the season, I ended up tearing a ligament in my uh, in my foot. And we'll make a long story short, as I'm going through the recovery process, I had a guy um, by the name of Steven Mizell encourage me to start to journal and be mindful of how I'm feeling, not just physically, but also mentally in that particular moment. Going through that time, it was, it was a struggle. It was tough with the uncertainty of it all, not being able to play and things like that, not feeling like myself. Herbert offered up some insight on what it was like growing up and people really never talking about their feelings. Suck it up, you know, push through it. You'll be okay. Like, you don't need to talk about it. And like now we're getting to a level where, you know, it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to talk about, you know, guys are, guys, I know like in our locker room, like guys are okay with talking about and opening up about what's going on or, you know, if they're not feeling right or, you know, guys checking on each other. So I really feel like, you know, you just got to be in an environment and, you know, the times are changing. So you could see that, you know, people are starting to realize that you can ask these questions. You can, a- you can ask somebody like, are you okay? Like, no, actually, are you okay? When it comes down to important life-saving topics, obviously things like divisional rivalries, they're just thrown out the window and don't matter. Throughout the interview, Taylor and Herbert continuously talked about checking in on one another and making sure that everyone around you is in a good mental place. With my family, I got a certain day of the week. I pretty much call all of them um, as I'm driving back or if I'm like running errands, like I'll call them in the car on the way. Uh, just, you know, checking in five, 10 minutes. Um, and I, I do the same thing with my teammates. But like he said, just having self-awareness um, and then awareness of those around you. And I feel like, you know, if, if you're self-aware um, and you're mindful of things that's going on with yourself, um, you're able to be aware of, you know, others, you know, if you feel their energies off or they don't, they're not smiling the same today. Or, um, you know, you could just feel like something's, something's off with them. Uh, don't be afraid to check on that person or if somebody crosses your mind. Don't be afraid to shoot them a text. Um, but just having that that uh, that self-awareness and awareness of others, I feel like goes a long way in, in uh, making sure that you're good and, and the people around you are able are, are doing good, too. Tony Cartagena, WTMJ News. And can you even imagine like 20 years ago, guys in Packers locker room talking about journaling? Or meditation, they'd have got laughed out of the room, right? Couldn't imagine it. Right? It changed. Yeah. But, you know, you can take it outside of just the overall you know, wellness and things like that. And if you want to look at it from a performance standpoint, I mean, I know it's not the same thing, but, like, the whole visualization thing, that's for real. Before I play, like, a, a big golf match or a thing like that, I'll play the whole course in my head. Like, take a few minutes, yeah. walk through each hole. Here's what this shot will look like. Here's what this shot will feel like. You play enough golf to remember that? And I'm hole? an amazing golfer, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it helps, you know. I tell my sure. my kids in their sports too, in their their arts stuff, whether it's theater or music. Like you put yourself in that moment, walk through what that's going to feel like. Think about the smells and the sounds, and put yourself there. And then in your visualization, crush it. Now your brain's already been there, mm-hmm. and then you walk out there, and it's like helps with your anxiety, all of those things, all good stuff this morning. We've got the business headlines. They're up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Sean Ryan. American Transmission Company proposes spending $91 million to acquire its Pewaukee headquarters and remodel and renovate the space. The power line company has 300 employees there. 
Kohl's is redesigning its store interiors to move home decor and gifts to the front in the hope of improving sales. Other changes include a wider array of impulse items for customers to peruse on a consolidated checkout line. A Tuesday, Waukesha County Board approval clears Newman Developments to move ahead with a 211-lot subdivision in Delafield. Starting prices for the smaller homes and condos would likely be in the low 500,000s. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.